0: Welcome to the Everyday Conversion Podcast. I'm your host Mark Sievercrop, and I am just like you. I'm busy with work, family, kids, church and a million other responsibilities. And honestly, some days I miss my personal scripture study and prayers. And some days we as a family miss our scripture study and prayer. But I'm trying. So if you're not perfect in living the restored gospel of Jesus Christ, but you're trying, we'll get along great and this is the place for you. 5 days a week I'll share a brief episode often based on the come follow me curriculum for that week that I'm using to have daily conversations with my kids whether we're on our way to school or on our way home or if it's real quick before dinner and you're welcome to use them to do the same with your family or your personal study. Just know that the views and opinions I share are mine alone and do not represent the official doctrine and viewpoint of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Now let's jump right in with today's episode.
1: Welcome back to the Everyday Conversion Podcast. This is episode 27. You can get everything we talk about today at everydayconversion.com forward slash B-O-M-27. And I gotta tell you, today was today was good. Second like Nephi 10. This is Jacob explaining um, a few things. And as always, like I've noticed in, in most of the Book of Mormon so far, There's a lot of emphasis on the covenant and the gathering and those types of things. And like I said, I've said in earlier episodes, I'd never noticed that before. I'd never noticed how much every single chapter talks about the covenant and the restoring and the the keeping of the covenants, which makes so much sense when you think about the fact that the Book of Mormon is brought forth in our day to... Usher in the 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 fullness of times, uh, the the restoration, the gathering of Israel, and all of those things. And that's really what uh, Jacob starts talking about here in the beginning. You know he talks about the Savior and how the Jews will uh, crucify the Savior, and how no other nation on earth would be evil enough to do that. Um, and I think that's an interesting distinction about how far uh, the Jewish nation had fallen by the time Christ, came that, uh, they were in Jacob's estimation, really more wicked than anybody else. I mean, nobody else would have crucified Christ is essentially what he's saying. But then verses seven and eight, he starts talking about, um, the gathering of Israel and the restoration. I mean, the restoring of, of the full of the gospel and the restoring of the, uh, of the the house of Israel to the covenant. Uh, you know, seven and eight says, thus saith the Lord God, when the day cometh That they shall believe in me, that I am Christ, then have I covenanted with their fathers, that they shall be restored in the flesh upon the earth unto the lands of their inheritance. And it shall come to pass, that they shall be gathered in from their long dispersion from the isles of the sea, and from the four parts of the earth. And the nations of the Gentiles shall be great in the eyes of me, saith God, in carrying them forth to the land of their inheritance. Yea, and the kings of the Gentiles shall be their nursing fathers unto them, and their queens shall become nursing mothers. Wherefore, the promises of the Lord are great unto the Gentiles, for he hath spoken it, and who can dispute? So he talks about how and quotes the Lord in saying that, you know, when they're ready to return to him, he will fulfill the covenants that he made to their fathers, and that they will be restored to their lands and their inheritances, and they will be gathered together again. And then I think it's interesting that on the heels of talking about this gathering, Jacob goes into um, quoting the Lord and oh, excuse me, and the promises that are made about this land, uh, about America, about the Promised Land, the land, you know, this land, meaning the land that Jacob is on at that time, and. It's interesting, and it really hits on the importance of the gathering and the importance that um, America plays in that gathering. And it made me think, as I was reading those first two, seven and eight, it made me think of the devotional that President Nelson uh, had with the youth in 2018. Um, when he was talking about where it's called hope of Israel and he's talking about the gathering of Israel and there's something stuck out to me. I went through and read it again and I'll put the link in the show notes. So you can, you can go through and read it or listen to it. And I would highly encourage you to do so because there's a lot of really good stuff in here that relates to the gathering of Israel and the gathering of Israel is like one of the central themes of the book of Mormon. So, It's very, very applicable to everything we've read that Nephi and now Jacob are teaching. But President Nelson says, uh, These surely are the latter days, and the Lord is hastening his work to gather Israel. That gathering is the most important thing taking place on earth today. Nothing else compares in magnitude. Nothing else compares in importance. Nothing else compares in majesty. And I, I just, as I read that, I'm like, oh my goodness, that is such a and um a, a profound and important statement, you know, this this idea that there is nothing in the world that is as important as um, as the gathering of Israel. And then there was one other, and I'm trying to see if I can find it when he said, That was kind of along the same lines later on in this talk. Um, Okay. So there's this one where he says, my dear extraordinary youth, you were sent to earth at this precise time, the most crucial time in the history of the world to help gather Israel. There is nothing happening on this earth right now that is more important than that. There is nothing of greater consequence. Absolutely nothing. This gathering should mean everything to you. This is the mission for which you are sent to earth. I mean, what an amazing, amazing comment by the prophet of God. And, okay, so here's the last two that I wanted to share with you about that. Um, this this reminded me, this statement reminded me of um, you know, Jacob in chapter nine, where he basically says, you know, I'm shaking my garments, you know, I'm shaking your iniquities from my soul. I'm, you know, basically saying, look, I, I did my part. You know, I, I told you, I, I told you what I was supposed to do and you can't tell me that I didn't. Um, you know, he says in in 2 Nephi nine forty four, 44, um, you shall know at the last day when all men shall be judged of their works that the God of Israel did witness that I shook your iniquities from be- From my soul, and that I stand with brightness before him and and am rid of your blood. So Jacob says that. And then President Nelson in this devotional says something very similar. He says it in a kinder way, but this is what he says. He goes, Right now, I am preparing for the day when I will be required to give an accounting to the prophet Joseph Smith, to President Brigham Young, and others, and ultimately to the Lord about my stewardship as God's prophet upon the earth today. I do not want to be asked, quote, Brother Nelson, why were you not more clear with the youth about their part in the gathering of Israel? Why were you not more bold in enlisting them to participate? So, I mean, that's, that's very similar. I mean, he's saying, look, I, this is my responsibility, and I'm going to make sure that I'm very clear that I am asking you to do this. And then he is very clear. He says, "I am inviting every young woman and every young man between the ages of twelve and eighteen in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints to enlist in the Youth Battalion of the Lord to help gather Israel." And I think it's important because you know many of you that are listening are not within that twelve to eighteen age range. And I mean, this was two years ago, so it's kind of the fourteen to twenty age range at that. And you know that are fourteen to twenty now, but. I think it's important to realize that if he's enlisting the youth, he's also enlisting those of us who are their leaders and those of us who are their parents, because it is our responsibility to help them to fulfill that responsibility. Um, And then I think it's important, uh, you know, in the very next paragraph, he says, um, he says, as you continue to read daily from the Book of Mormon, you will learn the doctrine of the gathering. Truths about Jesus Christ, his atonement, and the fullness of his gospel not found in the Bible. And then he says this the Book of Mormon is central to the gathering of Israel. In fact, if there were no Book of Mormon, the promised gathering of Israel would not occur. So it's interesting that you know he he emphasizes so hard the gathering of Israel, and that's something that's central to the Book of Mormon. Like he said, that's where we find the fullness of the gospel. That's where we find the, the doctrine of the gathering. And then right after that, he goes – or Jacob goes into – jumping back to 2 Nephi 10 now um, – Jacob goes into all the promises that are made about this land and about Zion. And I found an interesting distinction here, but um, you know, it says that it will be a land of liberty, that there will be no kings, that it will be fortified against nations. Um, and then there's a switch, and I'll tell you what the switch is here in a second. But then it says those who fight against it will perish that kings raised against Christ will perish, that Christ will be our king and our light, that the secret works of darkness, murders, and abominations will be destroyed, and that all who fight against Zion will perish. And the thing that I realized is there's a there's a pivot between verses 12 and 13. Verse 12 and before, Christ refers to this land, the land, you know, talking about America. In 13 and after, Christ starts talking about Zion. So not you know, this land is very general. It's very broad. Um, it's everything about this land, this country, but everything after 13 is specifically about Zion. It's not about America anymore. It's about Zion. It's about those who are gathered to Zion. It's about those that are, are following Christ, you know, and, and the the promises are very different so much so that it gets to the point where, um, You know, in in verse 14, he says, I, the Lord, the King of heaven, will be their king, and I will be a light unto them forever that hear my words. So it's only those that will hear their words. Then he talks about fulfilling the covenants made unto the children of men. Um, And in verse 16, he's very clear that um, it's not, I mean, he's not, he's no longer talking about protecting or covening with everyone in the land. He's talking about, those that are Zion, because he says, he that fighteth against Zion, both Jew and Gentile, both bond and free, both male and female shall perish. So he's saying anybody that fights against Zion, I don't care who they are. I don't care where they're from. I don't care what their um, lineage is. I don't care what country they're from, what country they're a citizen from. If they fight against Zion, they will perish. And And then he concludes verse 16 by saying, for they who are not for me are against me. And so there's this, there's this almost pivot where at first he's saying, look, there's a lot of promises and blessings upon the land. And then he pivots to say, but those promises and blessings will sooner or later be contained to only Zion. And Zion is those who are gathered unto the church, not the entire country. And so as I was reading that, one of the things that really stuck out to me was I realized that myself, I need to, yes, yes, America is a choice land. Yes, it is. It's amazing promises and blessings have been made to this country, but I need to first align myself with Christ, his prophet and his church. And after that, I need to align myself with the country if it is aligned with Christ. But my first and foremost priority is to be aligned with Christ. And be aligned with the gospel and be aligned with the prophet. The pro- I, I heard, I can't remember, I had a friend of mine say this the other day. He said, when it comes right down to it, the prophet is my leader, not the president or senators or representatives or governors. The prophet is my leader. And he is the one that I will listen to first. And I think it's important to make that distinction that you know to the savior, countries really don't mean anything. I mean, they're made by men. You know, of course, America was established by God and under God and uh, those types of things. But really, when it comes down to it, the government that the Lord cares about is the government, is his government, is the church, is the gospel, is those that follow him. And that's where our allegiance needs to lie first. And that reminded me, you know, back when we were talking about, uh, you know, the, the episode about the lesser of two evils in episode 22, which I'll link to in the show notes, it reminded me of that because my first responsibility is um, to align myself with with Christ and with the gospel and to um, make the choices in my day-to-day life that align myself with Christ and not to get caught up in this lesser of two evils mindset, but to be focused on the fact that it, it really is aligning with Christ. Um, and then a couple of the real quick things. Uh, verse 19, at the end of it, Christ talks about consecrating the land unto Jacob's seed. it will be a land of inheritance, a choice land uh, above all other lands. But then he says, wherefore, I will have all men that dwell thereon that they shall worship me. As I read that, I realized that wasn't a wish. It wasn't a request. That was a commandment. He said, they will worship me. Like the people on this land will worship me. And I think that's where, um, basically Christ is saying, either they'll be invited to and they'll choose to, or, um, you know, they will be chastised until they do so, but they will do so. And, you know, it helps me realize that, you know, it's, it's much better to be humble than be compelled to be humble. And so, you know, we need to choose to worship Christ. Um, rather than being encouraged and compelled to worship Christ at some point. And then verse 23, uh, reading this, I think this was uh, very clearly, um, you know, this is going back to 2 Nephi 2. It's, it's It's a reference to 2 Nephi 2. And this is when Lehi, before he died, when he was speaking to Jacob. So this apparently was something that really stuck out to Jacob when his father was speaking to him before he passed away. Because in verse 23 of 2 Nephi 10, Jacob uses almost the exact same language as 2 Nephi 2.27, when he says, Therefore, cheer up your hearts and remember that ye are free to act for yourselves, to choose the way of everlasting death or the way of eternal life. And if you go back and you read 2 Nephi 2.27, it's almost identical language. And so this was something that really must have stuck out. He says, you know, Lehi tells Jacob when he's a boy. Men are free according to the flesh, and all things are given them which are expedient unto man. And they are free to choose a liberty and eternal life through the great mediator of all men, or to choose captivity and death according to the captivity and power of the devil. It's almost the exact same, which I think is interesting because now that Jacob's an adult, uh, he's uh, one of the leaders of the church, uh, this this is something that really stuck with him. It was a phrase that he remembered. And obviously was quoting what his father had told him when he was younger before his father passed away. I think that's interesting. I think it's really cool to see that impact of, of a father upon the son and what he's teaching. So um, really good stuff. 2 Nephi ten. I like it. Good, really good, good stuff. Um, I love the the prophecies, um, the the reminders of the covenants, the promises of being blessed and protected and guided by the Savior, if we will. Hear his words. If we will serve him, if we will be for him, uh, he will protect us and prosper us and bless us. And I think that's the most important thing that uh, we can take from from this chapter is that as long as we remain um, the covenant people of the Lord, we will be blessed and we will be taken care of. So you can get the links to everything we talked about today at everydayconversion.com forward slash BOM27. And we will see you in the next episode.
0: All right, that's it for today. Now, I know, I know you want to hang out with me longer, but we both have a ton of things to do today, including living the gospel and trying to be like Jesus. Cue Primary Children singing. I'm trying to be like Jesus. But hey, if you want to get the links to everything we talked about today, you can find it on the episodes page of everydayconversion.com. You can also do cool stuff like subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast listing platform, sign up for email notifications of new episodes, and connect with us on social media there. It's kind of like a virtual church library without the militant librarians or a piece of paper to sign out your three tiny pieces of chalk for your lesson. Also, just remember, I do my best to make sure my opinions are in line with official church doctrine, but they are just that. They're my opinions. For official doctrine and viewpoints, I recommend you go to churchofjesuschrist.org or comeuntochrist.org.